The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host David Williams, along with my co-host Sam Brisky. Sam, how you doing today? Doing good, doing good. How you feeling, man? Um, did you watch the game well, tonight? Of course I did. Yeah, or somebody I'm, got to do something cooler than just watch it. They got to live it. That's right. I was there live. Got to watch uh, Jay Crowder knock down the buzzer beater. Cooper. Oh man, the the atmosphere, like that place, absolutely exploded. It was insane. Um, this is Hootball Grizzlies, by the way. We just jumped right into the the action, but uh, man, <laughs> we're, we're excited. We're pumped to be here. Coming off of a uh, buzzer beater to finish up opening weekend at home for the Grizzlies. Absolutely. All right, man. So we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about the uh, the rotation, talk about the minutes played, what kind of stats the guys are put, putting up, and then the, uh, the things that we expect and things that we would like to see change. So we'll start off with Friday's game. The starting five in Friday's game against the Bulls was – Go ahead, Sam. It was at the point guard, Ja Morant. The two was Dylan Brooks. The uh, three was Jay Crowder. Uh, at the power forward, they had Jaron Jackson Jr. And uh, always, Molewell should be the starter anyway, the Jonas Valanciunas at the center. Right. So, <clears throat> same starting five for both games. Uh, the, the minutes have, you know, that that's what – it's killing me right now because when Jonas is on the floor, there's no doubt about it that he's the best Grizzly. You know, he, he has showed – he just takes over. He, he gets down, you know, he gets the ball in the post, and <clears throat> Chicago had nothing for him. Wendell Carter Jr. played defense on him pretty well, but Jonas essentially done exactly what he wanted to do. Anything that he wanted to do, he was able to do it. And then the uh, the guys from the Nets, same thing. You know, you, you have DeAndre Jordan, which he is not the defensive presence that he used to be, but he's still a very good defensive big man. And then Jared Allen, which <clears throat> if, if you're not real familiar with Jared Allen, he is a blocking machine. This guy is throwing stuff from everywhere. There's been plenty of highlights where guys were going up to try to posterize Jared Allen and he just absolutely stuffed it down their throat. So I was surprised that Jonas had his way with it, especially the two big men in uh, Brooklyn. So that's I'm I'm ready for him to get off of this minutes restriction. You are not the only one. I'll go off topic here for a second. My my fantasy team is absolutely suffering right now because of the minute restriction on that among other things, but that's a big part of it, and it's very depressing. Very he had a good game today, though. He did. He he came back, did good. It was a little, too little too late for me, but still, to see that, that's a good sign. So Yeah, that's the important stuff here. We're, we're not worried about the uh, the season record, the team record. We need you to get out there that's on the floor. That's right. And kill it for my fantasy team. I need to bring home the championship. You're the reason I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I'm kidding. Uh, even on the minutes restriction, though, Jonas has put up some pretty good numbers. Absolutely. In, in tonight's game against the Nets, and then after this, we'll, we'll kind of stop bouncing back and forth between the games. We'll cover one and then move on to the next one. But uh, he played 
19 minutes, just under 20 minutes tonight, and he had 16, 11, four assists, a steal, and two blocks. And that that's what you need from him. You know, he, he was 20 and 10 when they, the Grizzlies made the trade and brought him down from Toronto. He was a 20 and 10 guy, guy closing out the year last year. I don't expect that this year, but I do, you know, something around this, this 16 and 11, 16, 18 points, 11 boards. I, I think that's going to be feasible. I think that's going to be a nightly thing for him. Would I love it if he was a 20 and 10 guy? Kind of. I, I would I would not love it the weeks that I'm playing Sam in fantasy. But Get smoked. Uh, <laughs> but the uh the weeks that I'm not playing Sam in fantasy, I would absolutely love it if he was a twenty and ten guy. So let's let's talk about that Bulls game and Sam, I want to hear your thoughts on the game. Like what what would you say what was your biggest takeaway from what you saw at the Grizzlies Bulls game? My biggest takeaway from that, they have a lot to work on. They really, really do. What what I saw that night is, uh, I've said this already, neither one of those teams are going to be in the playoffs. Not the way they played there. They've got a lot to do. Of course, you know, I, I said in an earlier one that they were uh, going to win 35 games. I'm going to take that back. Nope, nope. We have got it recorded. Uh, There's no taking that back. That really stinks. Well, I'm going to make another prediction on that then. I'm going to say they're probably going to win like 15 because that that team there, of course, minute restrictions, whatnot on you know certain players, whatever. Take that away. You're getting people playing. I don't know. My mm, that, That's just tough to say. I don't know. So – Sam watches the Grizzlies live one game in the regular season, and his win prediction drops by twenty. It, it was bad. <laughs> they did he goes not. he goes from all right. This young team is going to put it together where we're going to win thirty five games, playoff bound. <laughs> to nope, nope. They're going to be I, at the bottom of the league, they, and they're not even getting to twenty. I wasn't even impressed at all. And Jonas was getting really, really mad at Goodrich out there. I, th- I, th- I found that amusing actually. <laughs> I was getting because there was at the point he started yelling at him, and then he shook his head and pointed at his point. Cause we went to the game that night, by the way, and. Uh, Oh man, I just I got a good laugh out of that. That was so funny. Then it goes back down. They're on defense. They go back down, and Jonas won't even pass in the ball. Point <laughs> point center right there. He drove the lane. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, but that's the one thing that I enjoy at going. I like watch. I can watch basketball on my phone, on the computer, on the TV, any time of the day. Whoever's playing, I can watch it. But the atmosphere and the little things that you get to see, like them bickering back and forth and the conversations and the gestures and stuff like that, that you don't see when the camera's panned away from them, that's what makes this game so exciting. You know, tonight at tonight's game, um, one of the referees, there was a, a call. They, uh, they done a review and I can't think of the referee's name right now. I'm, Kenny. Yeah, right. So Doris Burke, I was watching a broadcast last year, and Doris Burke was talking about him and how she loves his personality, and he's one of the best guys around the NBA because of, he interacts with everybody. And then I'm there tonight, and I see it firsthand 
they go and, and review the call, and he's a head referee, so he goes over there. He's watching the replay. I know what you're going to And then about. he makes the call, and he goes back over, and the fans are just letting him have it, just roasting him. And he turns around to him, and he sticks his hands up like, I, I don't know what you want from me. That, that's the call. You're not going to change my mind. And it was great. And that's, you know, I don't think you always get to see that on TV. I know for a fact that you don't always get to see that. It doesn't translate. Mm -mm. And so you, you do, not that you miss anything, because the game is still absolutely fantastic when you're watching a broadcast. The, the guys calling the game bring a different energy to it. it it's all... There's no bad way to watch it, but I just love the atmosphere of going down and sitting at the forum and watching the Grizzlies play. It's fantastic. 100% agree. Can't can't have another experience like that, really. Unless you go to, I mean, I guess you go to another ball game or something, but sure. There's nothing like it. Yeah. The um my my big takeaway that I from the Friday game from the Bulls, the Grizzlies Bulls game was the ability to close in the fourth quarter, they, the Grizzlies just didn't have it. They, you could tell, you could see their youth in that game. It really just it stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, JV was on a men's restriction. He didn't play the entire fourth quarter, and there were so many times that I'm like, man, if JV was in this game, this closing would look a lot different. And obviously you don't know for sure, but I I felt like if Valanchunas was in that game, the way that he was having his way with the defenders from the Bulls, that that outcome would have been completely different. Ball game. Yeah. I, I think that the Grizzlies are instead of one and two, they're two and one. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yes. So that that's my thing. And that that's – the growing pains, you know, we, 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 we're transitioning here. The Grizzlies are transitioning from the grit and grind days to Grizz Next Gen. And you're going to have growing pains. When you have a team that is this young, there's going to be things like that that they just have to work out. Um, turnovers was a big deal. That's, I think, the turnover ratio is something that is always important. And the the Bulls cause they force a lot of turnovers. Sam, you got those numbers. What what was the turnover amount for the the Grizzlies? Oh, turnovers right. and assists. If you got it there, all over. They had they had eighteen uh, turnovers. Their assists. Let me find them here. Here they are. They had twenty four assists and they had eighteen turnovers. So yeah, and so you just. As a team, you have to do better. You just oh, yeah. have to do better. And that's saying playing at the tempo, playing at the pace. Coach Jenkins says, you know, we're, we're going to – Taylor Jenkins, we're going to play with a pace this year. So he wants to play fast. So you're going to have some turnovers. But as the team grows, as these young guys develop, and everybody – they have to develop a chemistry because the majority of this team didn't play together last year. They're, I think we, we looked it up the other day. What was it, six players from last year? I thought it was four. It might be six. It, okay, yeah. It was it, it was a low number. It was between four and six yeah. of the guys that, that played last year. And the thing is, that's not even really an accurate count because Kyle Anderson missed some time at the end of the year. Dylan Brooks missed a lot of time last year. And uh, Jaron Jackson missed a lot at the end of the season. 
And so Jonas comes over mid-season in that trade, and they don't really get to play together. They they miss each of those guys miss time, and so there's not a lot of chemistry there. And sometimes you get good chemistry right off the start, and I think that you can see that a lot of the young guys on the team are hanging out outside of the game. You saw Ja Morant and Jaron Jackson. They were at the summer league, and they were rooting those guys on, and they were celebrating just like they were in the game. And so that is a good chemistry builder. But also, the, even though if you get good chemistry right off the start, you still have to build on it. So that that's something I'm extremely interested to watch how the chemistry of this team develops throughout the year. I'd say, and the thing is, they're young enough. They'll they'll get enough playing time. They'll they'll do fine. They really will. Just give it a little time. I'd say they'll they'll get it together. They will. Sure, and, and I fully expect to take some lumps. You know, I, I pre- my win prediction was around twenty five. I'm not going to change from that. I'm not going to back down. I I feel like the team is going to get better as the year goes on. And they were right there. They were knocking on the door. And obviously, like we've said earlier, the the Bulls or the Grizzlies more than likely are not going to be playoff teams this year. So that level of competition, you're not comparing the Grizzlies to a great team, a team that you're confident is going to be in the playoffs. But they were right there. They were knocking on the door. A couple things go their way. They take care of the ball a little bit better. And the Grizzlies win that game. And the little mistakes that you saw in that game are definitely going to be things that can be fixed moving forward. I think the more that Ja sees the floor, um, just the better he's going to get. And he has displayed so many things for me that have been just amazing. He did really good tonight. He did really, really good tonight. I was very, very impressed because there was there was one time, and this is going to sound really, really bad because we're like, oh, Grizzlies podcast, we're supposed to support. He hit a three, and I'm like, dude, don't act like you're hard because it's like that's like your second one this year. I'm not sure, but, I mean, I was just like, holy crap. And then he started to take over. He started to score, and I'm like, okay, okay, I take it all back. Sorry, win this game, please. Let's go, you know, but, I mean. So, so you're not a fan of them celebrating when they? <laughs> They, uh, they get the small victories like that. No, I was I'm I'm cool with it, but it was just he just he was so when he hit it, I'm just like, that's great. Why don't you go down and play some defense instead of acting like you're hard, man? Come on, <laughs> y'all y'all are y'all are up by one point. It's like, come on. Yeah, but I think I remember that play, and he ended up after he made that three. They were bringing the ball down the floor, and he ended up behind Kyrie. Yes, on the transition, and defense. he had to run back down. That's my point. <laughs> He did. He, he had to hustle back. I'm okay with celebration, but I want you to celebrate and get like, back and be ready for defense. Freaking hit it and squat it down. It's like, dude, <laughs> it's like uh, the ball's that way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I remember that play. So he Sam's jumping ahead. We're bouncing back and Sorry. forth. I, I apologize. We have uh, – We're super hyped tonight. That's the thing. Yeah, We're excited. That That's exactly what it is. And – so I want to. I'm, I'm going to bounce back to the Bulls game. There was a play that happened, and this is something. You know, I, I talked a little bit earlier about the difference of being at the game live as compared to seeing it on TV. And maybe you pick this up on TV. I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching some Grizzlies games later on on TV, so I can see if this translates. But 
there was a play, and I can't remember if it was Kyle Anderson or Dylan Brooks that were bringing the ball up the floor, but they were pushing the pace, and Ja makes a baseline cut to the basket, and either Dylan or Kyle zips a pass in there, and the Bulls' defense make an excellent rotation, and Ja immediately, he he didn't even receive the pass. He saw Jaron cutting, and as soon as that ball got to his hands, he hits Jaron with a touch pass, and then Jaron got mauled. But if they don't absolutely, like, basically tackle Jaron right there, that's an easy dunk. Spine buster in the middle of the <laughs> in the middle of floor. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that severe, <laughs> but they they were clearly not going to let him dunk the ball. It, yeah. it did, the Bulls I, were I just like I, was, I remember that play now. And so that's something like his vision is just unbelievable. It, it's it's off the charts, and so man, I I hope that all of this talent, everything that he has that he's showing off right now, I hope this continues to grow and he turns into the guy that I am seeing in my head right now is like one of the all-time greats. Obviously, it's early for that, but just based off of potential and the things that I'm seeing watching him play, I would absolutely love it if he continues to grow and he turns into what I'm hoping he turns into. Who's that? He, ja. <laughs> no, I you said, said somebody. I thought well, you were comparing said, him to somebody. Oh, man, I don't, it's, it's so tough. I was waiting we, for, we, I thought you were comparing no, him to somebody. No. I was waiting for you, like Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robinson. So, I will say this, Ja is fearless, and some of, like, I didn't realize how fast he was. Mm. I didn't realize that, man, when he turns it on, he goes from half court to the goal in like .2 seconds. It it is crazy stupid fast. It's insane. And he goes right at guys. He Wendell Carter blocked him, but there was one play that – one small thing goes wrong for Wendell Carter and he's on the first poster for Ja Morant because he's, I don't care who you are. I'm going hard and I'm going to try and dunk it on you. And man, that, that, that tenacity, that fearless drive Westbrook does that. Yes. But you know, I struggle comparing older players and young guys just because the game has changed so much. You know, the game when Magic Johnson played as compared to when Ja is playing it now is totally different. And so we were having the conversation the other day about the greatest shooter of all time. And the young people that were in the conversation, they're like, Steph Curry, Steph Curry. Stop it. I'm like, oh, listen, Ray Allen in my opinion, is the best shooter of all time, Ray Allen. And he's not, I don't know, Steph Curry may have already passed him in career threes. I don't I don't know what the stats are. I don't are. keep up with Steph Curry. I don't yeah. know. So I, I would have to look that up to see. And I'm not, please don't take it as I'm, I'm bad-mouthing Steph, taking it away from him. He's a phenomenal shooter. He may very well go down as the best shooter of all time. It's possible. But, there was an interview with Ray Allen and he was talking about the three pointer and he's like, Hey, 
in my day when I'm playing, if you're taking a three-pointer, the coach was telling you that you're settling. They wanted to drive. They wanted to take the mid-range jumpers because uh, 18-foot mid-range jumper is a higher percentage shot than a three-pointer as where today's game they just rip it. They come across half court. They're one step inside the logo, and if you're not on them, boom. Steph Curry made one of those today. <laughs> did he? He did. He sure did. Came uh, right across half court, and that's exactly what the commentator said as well. They're like, you got to guard him out there because he can take one step over, boom, it's done, and he did. Yeah, and Damian Lillard, you know, mm-hmm. the, the dagger that sent OKC home, knocked him out of the playoffs from 700 feet out last yep. year. 702, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're all about exact math. That's right. Seven hundred and two and about three inches. Yeah, he was way out there. So we we got a little sidetrack. We'll we'll get back on it. But you know, you were asking me who I would compare Ja to, and there's a lot of things in his game that are like Russell Westbrook. If I had to compare him to anybody, Russ would be the guy right now, just because he he's fast, just like Westbrook. He's fearless, just like Westbrook. Um, The vision, man. Jaws' vision may even be better than Russ's, to be honest with you. Russ is a, a fantastic passer. Um, I've not had the fortune to watch Russ live as much as I've gotten to watch Ja live, so maybe I'm slightly biased. This is, in fact, a Grizzlies podcast. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that that's if you're asking me who am I going to compare him to right now, that's, that's the guy. And as far as an older player... I just think that the game is is so much different, it's hard to say. But I don't want him to be anybody else. I want him to be the first Ja Morant. Be Ja Morant. That's all you can be. That's right. All right, so what was the final score? We hadn't even – we didn't talk about the final score. We've been all over the place. Bulls game, final score, Bulls 110, Grizzlies 102. Do you have the breakdown over there of quarter by quarter? Um, because the Grizzlies took a lead in the halftime. Were they up 12? Actually, they had a 13-point lead. It was 60-47 to 47 Grizz. 60-47. to 47. So mm-hmm. Grizzlies take a pretty good-sized lead in the halftime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They were playing well in the first half. Mm-hmm. They were executing pretty good. They were rebounding well, made some good defensive stops. Um, but then the wheels just fell off in the second half. They had Jonas playing in the first half. <laughs> There's the deal. He did. What, how much did he play in the second half? Do you remember? Mm, he I know, did, I know he played the, like it wasn't very long in the third quarter, and they rested him the like the rest of the time. He scored a little bit, but I mean, he was rebounding machine in the first half. He had like he had like eleven or twelve or something like that. It was insane. Yeah, so I know at tonight's game, at Sunday night's game, he played the last three minutes of the third quarter, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it in the second half. Mm-hmm. That was. was pretty well all that he had. He did. We didn't see him in the fourth he, at all. He started the third. They put him out for a few minutes, and they brought him, brought him back in for like three minutes, and that was it. Okay, yep. so yeah. finished the third. Mm-hmm. So three minutes in the second half. And he's been averaging between about 18 and 20. I mm-hmm. think he had 16 minutes the first game of the season. Correct. And then a little over 18, and he was right at 20 tonight. So he played about 18 in the Bulls game and then 20 against the Nets. So I I think the the Grizzlies are really going to, until they find their identity, they're going to struggle in the fourth quarter. And it really showed, showed in the Bulls game. You know, we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. 
they couldn't really Jaw didn't have a bad game against the Bulls, but his shots were just not falling and the Bulls were they were rotating pretty well. So when he would drive, he would have multiple defenders on him. And it seemed obviously I don't know what their team strategy was, but it sure seemed like when he was going to the basket, they were just collapsing on him and making anybody else beat him. And it worked out for them. It really did because they just could not, the Grizzlies could not knock down an outside shot. They missed, um, I, I'm going to talk about Dylan Brooks a little bit here because we, we have to, we, we, we have to cover everybody. So Dylan, you need him to be productive. And so far in the, the first, through the first two games of the season, he was playing awful. Like he was knocking down the three at a pretty good rate. I think he was 50% through the first two games, but he was a combined five for 19, which is 26% from the field. Boo boo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he, he had the Grizzlies in order for them to win, for them to get to the 25 mark, which I said, and Sam said 35. I'm not letting him back down. We have it recorded. Hey, I'll own it now. I'll own it. You you got to own it. I'm not letting you out of it. I man. don't care. <laughs> they better. I'm going to talk to Jonas next time I see him. 35. We better to get it. <laughs> Come on. So you need guys like Dylan Brooks to to play well in order for this team to be successful. Dylan has got the starting gig right now, and I think that he deserves it. I think that he's the best option at the two for the Grizzlies right now. Agreed. But he's got to find a rhythm and get a shot to fall. And he did. In Sunday night's game, he played really well. He shot like 60% from the field, and he finished with 21. Mm, I think it was more than I've got that right here. He finished. No, it was. It was 21, 21? exactly. Okay. I thought it was. I wasn't 100%, so I wanted to look to double check. But, yeah, he finished with 21, and he, he shot 60, 60% from the field. He was 9 for 15. That's good. Um, is he going to take 15 shots every night? No, I don't, I don't think that he will. He's definitely not going to shoot 60% from the field. But you've got to have better than 26% mm-hmm. from Dylan Brooks. You have to. Um and while, while we're on this right here, while we're talking, while we're breaking down the players and like what we want from them, we're just going to keep it rolling. We're going to keep going with this, and we're going to talk about guys. Um, that, that was Dylan. I said, from him, what I want to see, he's playing hard on the defensive end, and he made some excellent defensive plays tonight. He had one shot that he blocked, and it was called a foul. And then you watch it on the replay board up there. And I don't, know I, what don't you're talking about. Uh, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be like, oh, the rest were awful. Because they're I mean, they're human. They're they're gonna miss stuff. But on the replay of this, he blocked it clean and they called a foul. Like on the replay, it, there it was nothing but ball. And so the Bulls got the ball. I'm sorry, not the Bulls. The Nets got the ball, and they scored. And that should have, you know, off of the block, the Grizzlies came up with the ball, and, you know, they they blow the whistle for the foul. It would have been going the other direction. It didn't end up mattering. The Grizzlies pulled out the win anyway. But he's been playing well on the defensive end. So he's got that down. He needs to keep that up 
and start knocking down his shots. I'm, I don't expect 60% from him. That's not realistic. But if he can shoot low 40s, 43, 44% from the field, I think that would be fantastic. You know, from a, from a two guard, he's going to be chucking some threes up there. You get in the low 40 range, low to mid 40 range, that's going to be a successful year for him, and that's going to be a good thing for the Grizzlies. He's the longest tenured Grizzly, too. He is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he, he's been there the longest, and it's crazy because he's been in the league all of three years. A whole three years. Yep. All right, so we're going to move from Dylan Brooks. That was the two. We've talked about Ja, uh, I think, enough. We're, we're not really going to cover him a whole lot. I'll talk a little bit more about him later, but not, not right here. We're going to talk about Jay Crowder. Jay has been starting at the three. And I don't think the Grizzlies are really looking for a whole lot of scoring from him. I think they're more looking for him to... Defense. Yeah. He's going to be kind of the the stopper guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that he's good at that. I don't think that... um, I don't think we're going to see anything change with that. He's going to continue to play good defense. Um, Obviously... When when you need a shot, he can hit it. But same thing, you know he 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 was not shooting the ball well to start the season off, and he was he shot it in the Brooklyn game. He shot the ball at a thirty three percent clip, and that's just obviously you can't have everybody on your team shooting forty or fifty percent, but you can dream. You can dream, and that that would be oh yeah kind of what I would like to see from him. We get a little more consistent on the threes. He chucked up a bunch of them and was just missing. You know, I think um, in Sunday's game he made two. How many did he make in Friday's game, Sam? He was three for ten Friday from three. three. From three. Yeah. So three for ten. He was five of 13 from the field. Okay. So three for ten on Friday and two two for five on Sunday makes him five for 15. So that's – 33% 33% from three, and obviously you would like to see that go up. But, you know, we talked about Jay Crowder and his big brother role, and and he's doing that. You can see that he's doing that. He's doing that well. Um, I don't know that you're going to see a ton of improvement from him. I think we kind of know what Jay Crowder is and what he's going to bring to the floor. He's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. But I just want to see him continuing to do what he does. Maybe not chuck up 10 threes unless he gets hot and he's making them. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we'll move from Jay to the four spot in Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. Sam, I'm going to let you lead off with Jaron. Oh, man. (laughs) He's – I like Jay – well, JJJ, as they say there, the Triple J – he did well um, was it Friday night. He did well against the Bulls. He had uh, 23 points, 11 rebounds. He shot 9 of 17. I mean, that's – well, rounded up, that's 53%. So, I mean, that's that's not bad. And he was uh, one for three from three. So, I mean, what do you say to that? You really can't. That's a good night, you know. Yeah. That's yeah. a good night. And how many minutes did he play in that game? That's what I, I want to touch oh, on that. 32 Minutes actually, it was thirty-two minutes and three seconds. Get it, get it, <laughs> exact, get it to the exact. You exact. Know. That's what we're shooting for. That's right. So in thirty-two minutes Friday night, his stat line was 23, 11 rebounds, two assists, a block, and a steal, and three seconds. <laughs> Heaven forbid that I forget 
the three seconds. Hey, thirty-two well, he minutes. He couldn't have had that rebound, and you know, maybe yeah. he goes back down to ten rebounds as opposed to eleven in the Just three saying, seconds. That could, that's fantasy numbers, man. <laughs> that could happen. Anyway, so <laughs> now we're we're gonna fast forward from Jaron Jackson's excellent game on Friday night. That is what I expect to see from him on uh, a day-to-day basis to the train wreck that we saw from, well, okay, train wreck may be a little bit harsh, but we talked about the 32 minutes on Friday and And three seconds. Yes, I know. I was not going to forget the three seconds this time. (laughs) So the 32 minutes on Friday with a 23-11 and two assists, one steal, one block. And then at Sunday's game, he gets into foul trouble and he only plays 23 minutes, so nine minutes difference, and his numbers drop dramatically to kind of where he was at last year. He His averages were right around this last year. He was 12 and 6 with one assist, and he, had, he did have two blocks, but he got into foul trouble, and through, throughout the course of the game, you're going to get some questionable calls. It doesn't matter. That goes both ways. Either team doesn't matter what city you're in, doesn't matter what your name is, you're going to get some questionable calls throughout the game. So I don't really take those into account whenever I'm discussing this. But foul trouble has been an issue for Jaron Jackson. It was an issue last year. And when he's not in foul trouble, Friday night, the 32 minutes and three seconds, he puts up the numbers that I would love to see from him, and I think mm-hmm. that he's more than capable of putting up those numbers every single night. To foul trouble against the Nets, putting up a mediocre stat line. Jaron does a lot of things right. He does a lot of things right. I need to see him clean it up. I need... Less fouls, plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, I, I'm trying to like reinvent the wheel here, but that's it. That's I, I need to see him foul less. I don't want him to lose. You know, I don't want him to be intimidated to try and protect the paint. Like he's, he's a big, that's what he's down there to do. I still want him attempting to block shots, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of guys in the league that block shots that are not always in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. You're going to have your nights when you're trying to block shots and your timing's just a fraction of a second off and you're going to get those fouls. I just think for him it happens pretty frequently, and I would love to see that improve. If that improves, he's an all-star caliber player in my opinion. I'll agree with that one. Absolutely. Yes. All right. I we, We've basically covered everybody. We talked about Jonas a little bit. We talked about Ja quite a bit, and then we talked about the, the other three starters. The next thing that I want to kind of cover, and we're not going to break down each of the players at this point because I don't want to run super long, but I want to talk about the minute rotation and kind of what we saw. And I saw a big difference um, between Friday and Sunday in the minutes because in in Friday's game, we saw a lot of Marco Gudrich. And, you know, we, we, we touched on a little bit about him, and it looked like not that they were having issues, but him and Valanciunas were having some discussions and Valanciunas got very animated I was about, about it. I'd say there was more of a discussion with that one. <laughs> yeah. There was Jonas, I tell you, if, if the cameras weren't rolling, I think there would have been a little more of an issue there. I believe, uh, not going to say that he, they would have been fighting or anything, but they, I 
definitely believe there was a conversation after the game with that because Jonas was open multiple times and Goodrich either shot it or tried to drive in, gave the ball up. They were, the Bulls were going back down. So you you think that it was that heated? You think it? I didn't pick up on that. Like I I could tell that Jonas was. You could see the frustration because of just the gestures and stuff that he was making and kind of the obviously like where we were sitting and Sam and I were kind of in two different spots. We mm-hmm. generally sat together, but we got some, uh, Sam mm-hmm. got on the big screen. What's he, up? he won an extra set of tickets. So we were separated, but, um, maybe where you were sitting, you could hear it a little bit better. I could hear it. And I could also see it too. He, yeah. he was like, I mean, he was yelling at him. I mean, it was, uh, I, I've, I didn't think I would ever see that. But I'm not saying that they're like, oh, they're being immature or anything. It's just it was I never thought I would see that in a game like yeah. that. And I mean, he was really, really getting and it got to the point where he would not pass the ball back to Goodrich, and he <laughs> drove right in and got himself some points. He yeah. sure did. He was getting mad. He, he was definitely animated about it. That's for sure. So I, I don't think it's a controversy. No, I think that's just competitive nature. You know, I, I remember well. plenty of times and. In any of the the games that I played growing up, I was a competitive person, and if somebody was making a bonehead move, I was letting them know about it. Mm. And I think that's essentially what what that interaction was. So we're gonna go, Goodrich. How many minutes did he play on Friday night? That's where this whole thing he started had, at. Uh, Seventeen minutes and five seconds. All right, so huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. He on Friday night he played what you said seventeen and five mm-hmm. seventeen. So just over 17 minutes on Friday. And then in Sunday's game against the Nets, he drops down, he plays just under six minutes. And I don't know if that's going to be a thing moving forward. I kind of hope it's not. I really, in the preseason, Goodrich impressed me in the things. He can handle the ball pretty well. He shoots the ball really well. Um, You know, I think back, back to the chemistry thing, it's just these guys have to learn to play together. And so another guy like that, there was a big minutes difference that he didn't even see the floor on Friday night. And he played a huge role in the win against the nets tonight on Sunday night was Solomon Hill. And I didn't know what to expect from him. I kind of looked back at some of his numbers from coming from Atlanta. He's one of the guys, again, we, we got him, uh, the Grizzlies got him in a trade with the the Chandler Parsons deal. And I didn't really know what to expect, but I already a million times liked this guy more than I ever liked Chandler Parsons. Oh my goodness, Parsons wasn't that bad. Sam. I liked Chandler Parsons when he was with the Rockets and the Mavericks, but when the Grizzlies got him, I'm like, man, this is going to be really cool. But I know what you're going to say, and yes, he was boo-boo, poo-poo. I I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the only Chandler Parsons fan in the entire planet. Do you want to know the real reason? You want to? Well, you know the reason. I know the reason. It's because he wore your high school number. That's right, 25. That's the Uh, man. Man with the plan. It doesn't change the fact that the Grizzlies wasted a ton of money. I don't know on that why deal. they would pay somebody that much money. It's insane. <laughs> Not somebody like that. Pay Jonas that. He'll be there forever. Yeah, well, maybe. So that that's one thing to uh to look for going forward. Obviously not Chandler Parsons, thank God. But I I want to see what the rotation is gonna be. And I think the coaching staff is still figuring that out. Um, you know, you know, the guys that are going to get, you know, that 
Jay Crowder is going to play minutes. Jaron Jackson, when he's staying out of foul trouble. Valanciunas, once he gets past the foot issue and gets off this minute restriction, which I hope is soon. I don't want him to rush it, he not looked, by any stretch. I, I want him to be healthy. He looked good tonight. He did. He, he looked really good tonight. Played very, very well tonight. Um, Dylan Brooks is going to get his minutes. Ja, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson, um, Grayson Allen has been pretty consistent and being out there on the floor. He played about 14 minutes tonight. And how much did he play Friday night, Sam? He played. He played 18 minutes and 21 seconds. Okay, so mm-hmm. I think that you know probably the probably 15 minute range is what you're going to see from Grayson Allen. Obviously, if he steps it up, he's still young. He he can definitely improve. He has a skill set. We saw flashes of just great stuff from him in the the summer league and in the preseason games. So, obviously, you can't always buy into the hype from the preseason, but when the skills show, the skills are there. It's just, you know, making the adjustments that you need to make, and that's that's the difference between – college and the NBA is everybody in the NBA at some point in time was the best player on their team. And in college, that's not always the case. You know, you don't always get the best players. You know, so, some of these games that the big colleges are going to have a lot of good guys on their roster. And if you make it to the next level, if you make it to the college level, you're a pretty good player, but you're not the best of the best. And when you go from that, from college, to you have essentially an all-star high school team to the NBA where it's the cream of the crop, like, there's there's nobody better. Like, these are the best players in the world. And the guys that can learn to make the adjustments, that's what separates them. You know, that that's, that's where you see the guys that have longevity in the NBA as compared to the guys that are – you know, here for a few seasons, and then they go overseas to play. No. Give it a couple more years, Grayson Allen will be uh, – I believe he'll be a real pretty solid player. I really do, as long as his attitude and everything, which we haven't seen a lot of bad attitude. There was a little bit of it in the summer league, but that yeah. was it. But Yep, that one incident, and hopefully that's behind us. I um, hope so. We don't need that. So – Two two pretty good games. The Grizzlies were playing. They played well in the first half of the Bulls game. Ended up losing. What did you say the final score was on that one again? It was uh, Bulls 110, Grizzlies 102. All right. So, eight-point game. Very easily could have been closer than that. If if Valanciunas plays, said so I, I fully believe with the way that he was having his way that the Grizzlies could have won that game if he was in in the fourth quarter. And then tonight, obviously, Jay Crowder hits the unbelievable buzzer beater. And if my voice sounds a little bit weird, it's because I was going insane. And so the seats that I sat in tonight, they were behind the goal on the end that was away. I was at Jay Crowder's back when he hit the game-winning three tonight. And my son was with me at the game. And as soon as Jay Crowder let go of that ball, I'm like, it's in, it's in. And I'm, I am going crazy as soon as he releases the ball. And then it goes, the place erupts. Some dude I didn't even know, which is the best part of it being live, turns around and my hand is still red from the high five that we smacked. 
I mean, that that is why I absolutely love this game because the intensity of... Let me back up just a little bit because I didn't even talk about probably... Obviously, the buzzer beater is a, the best part of the game. That That's insane. But the chain of events that led up to the Grizzlies forcing overtime... There you go. Ja Morant just... He showed in the fourth quarter why he was the number two overall pick. He, he took up. over. He did. Blew up. That's what I was saying earlier. He absolutely showed me. Because right when he, like I said earlier, when he hit that three, I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, stop it. Go back down there. But then there it went. Sure. He, he man, took took over is the best way. Like I was going to try and think of something else, but he did. He just took over in the fourth quarter. He said, this is my house. Give me the ball and I'm going. Yep. You got to have a closer. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that moving forward, that there's no doubt who the closer should be for the Grizzlies. Um, but he goes down, he hits the, uh, the game time bucket and I'm sitting there where me and my son are sitting there and we're surrounded. There's a few Brooklyn fans in the area. And the guy sitting directly in front of me turns around. When Ja ties the game, Brooklyn calls a timeout. He turns around and he's like, you guys better deny Kyrie the ball or it's ball game. Because it's tied at this point. And Kyrie is just a stone cold killer, man. When Right now in the NBA, if I have to have one guy, if I have to pick a guy to take my shot to win the game, the list ahead of Kyrie Irving is very, very short. He he is up there. In my opinion, he's top five as far as like not top five player in the NBA, but guys that I want with the ball in their hand when the game's on the line because he's going to make a good decision. He can handle the ball. He can create his own shot. And he's got the range. So I I knew when he when this guy turns around and he's like, you guys better deny Kyrie the ball. I'm like, oh, I know. I know. Like, if the Grizzlies do not deny Kyrie the ball right here, if he gets it, I was fully expecting Kyrie to get that ball and just knock it down, send us home crying, basically. Bangers over. <laughs> but that's not what happened. Ja taking over yep. blocks Kyrie's shot, the game-winning shot, and man, it's it just you get the nervousness of oh my goodness, why did we let him get the ball? Why did we not deny him the ball? Obviously, he's a phenomenal athlete, and he's going to kind of make his way. He's going to do everything he can to get the ball, and the coach called a timeout in order to draw up the play to get him space to where they can get him the ball, but then Ja coming in clutch Blocking that shot. He he showed he has the clutch gene tonight. He hit the tying shot. And then he on defense. And boom. There we go. We're going to overtime. And the the last play of the game was crazy. That couldn't get it to Ja. We get it into Jay. Ja makes a cut. Jay makes a fantastic pass. Jay Crowder makes a great pass to Ja to get it across half court. And then Josh using his speed, and they collapse on him. The defense collapse on him. He kicks it back to Jay and buckets. Grizzlies win. Go crazy. 
It was nuts. Right when he let it go, I stood up in my chair and I said, game. And my stepdad, his name's Mark, and he's like, I remember the look the look on his face because it was all in slow-mo. And I said, that's game. And he was kind of like, huh? And right when it went in, he's like, oh, oh, you called it. You called game. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, you could tell right when he let it go that it was going in or not. I mean, you could. And, I mean, he let it go, and there was like 0.3 seconds left right when it left his fingertips. I mean, it was it was the coolest shot I've seen. Well, the coolest shot I've seen all year, I can tell you that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you would be hard-pressed to find a better shot from this year, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, guys, that's all we've got for today. Uh, we were kind of all over the place. We bounced around. We will have uh, slightly less chaos moving forward. Uh, we'll end with the, the box scores here. The Bulls beat the Grizzlies in Friday night's game, 110-102. to And the Grizzlies, with a buzzer beater, finish off the Nets 134-133 to in overtime. So you can find me on Twitter at DWill2111. Sam, where can we find you, man? Find me on Twitter as well. It is uh, SammyB1118. That is a capital S, lowercase a-m-m-y, capital B, 1118. All right. That's all we got. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.